0: We love you, we praise you, we glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and that it's active and that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, we pray today that you'd use this word to change us, challenge us, and to convict us. Father, as i prepared this message, Lord, I pray that you would work mightily to speak directly to us, God, that we would not uh, walk away from here the same way that we would walk away changed in Jesus' name. Amen, amen Amen. second samuel chapter 5 now the philistines heard that they had anointed david over israel and all the philistines went up to search for david And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. And the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand." So David went to Baal-Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-Perazim. And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the Valley of Rephaim, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come up upon them in front of the mulberry trees, and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, that you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, and the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer what's going on in this story. Uh, David is going up to uh, fight with the Philistines once again. <laughs> um, and so he goes to fight the Philistines and then he asks the Lord, should I go fight the Philistines? God says, yes, go up, fight the Philistines. He defeats them. And then the Philistines go and want to fight him again. So he goes up to fight him again. Um, and this time he says, God, what do I need to do? And God says, you know what? I do not want you to attack them until you sit, hear the sound of the marching on top of the mulberry trees. And then it'll be time for you to attack them. So then he hears it. He goes, he attacks them. And he he wins again. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting story um, in that Right now, uh, uh, David has just conquered Jerusalem. He has just uh, established himself as king over Israel. And then the Philistines come in, and right away they want to challenge his leadership. Right away they want to challenge whether or not he's going to be king. And so they attack him. The, The most interesting part of this story is that he attacks them once, and then he has to attack them again after he already beat them one time. In this life you will notice that the battle never ends There are often things that you go through in your life that you will be victorious over But just because you've been victorious over them one time does not mean that you will not have to fight them once again The battle never ends The battle never ends And we see this in this story that David has fought the Philistines many times before this and after this Just because he's in a position that the Philistines want to uh, come against the nation of Israel. Why does it seem that we have repeated battles that we have to face? Why does it seem that David, even though repeatedly victorious, repeatedly faces battles? David's never done fighting. He's never uh, not dealing with something. He's always being challenged and he's always having to fight. It reminds me of Paul in 2 Corinthians twelve seven. He says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. If you've been living this Christian life longer than a month, you realize that there are battles and struggles in your life that seem to never go away. Yes. Have you noticed that? Yes. And, I, and, and all I can think of is Paul in this scripture where he says, you know what? Maybe God just, and, and, and the theologians argue about what the thorn in the flesh is, but the, the, the point is still the same, is that Paul experienced something that kept him not thinking too great of himself and kept him dependent on God. And if that's the only purpose that struggles and, and, and battles serve in our lives, then praise God that that's what, that, 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 that's what we have to go through. Amen? Amen. So let's, let's get into this story this morning. I just sh- shuffle in a little bit. It's good. Shuffle in. It's fine. Sixto, it's nice to see you. Listen, you want to go to a church with parking problems, seating problems, and space issues. Amen? Amen? It's a great problem to have. Amen? We've always got room for more. So anyway, back to the sermon. <laughs> let's get into this thing. It was, you transitioned. at a great part. So first point I want to make is this is that Satan comes immediately. Satan comes immediately. Uh, Verse 17, Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. It was right after David experienced the great victory of becoming king, the great victory of of taking over Jerusalem, that the Philistines come right away to attack David. Now, the Philistines are not Satan, but the Philistines are enigmatic of Satan in the sense that Satan is an an accuser of the brethren. Satan is an attacker that is relentless that has nothing else to do except to come against what God is trying to accomplish on this earth. All through the Old Testament, we see Satan attacking and chastising God's people. Job, Joshua the high priest, David. These are guys that constantly had to be uh, under the attacks of Satan because Satan does not want to see God's plans move forward. And so when David experiences victory in Jerusalem and with the Philistines, then right away Satan shows up and says, you know what, through the Philistines we're going to attack. Through the Philistines we're going to make it seem as though things are not going to go well for you. Now that you're king, now that you have taken over Jerusalem, what does it mean to you? Friend, do you realize that Satan wants to destroy the plans in your life? Like uh, he gets no pleasure from watching good things happen in your life. And oftentimes for us as Christian people, we continually go through these battles and we think like, why isn't, why isn't things getting better? Or why do I have to deal with this again? Or why do I have to go around this mountain again? When we look through people in the Bible and they had to do the same thing, we shouldn't expect that our lives should be any different. And oftentimes it is the work of our own hands and our uh, uh, things that we do that are wrong. But oftentimes it is the work of Satan coming against you trying to destroy your life. Yeah. Go. Oftentimes, people seem to forget this. They they seem to just like live in this world of like, oh, well, nothing's going to happen to me and, and nothing's going to happen in my life. Uh, the, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a, war, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan does not take a day off. Him and his minions do whatever they can do to try to ruin the plans and purposes of God in your life. You have to live with an awareness of this. Do not concern it strange as if something strange is happening to you. It happens every time that you come to church. See, what happens is is that uh, you'll come to church on a Wednesday or Sunday or any other event... And the word will go forth. And, and the word is power. The, the, the word is life. And the word will go forth. And then you hear it in the sermon like, amen, praise God. I'm going to apply that to, the, to my life. And as soon as you start walking out the door, Satan comes immediately and says, man, that wasn't God. Yeah. Satan comes immediately and says, man, that pastor's trying to twist those scriptures. He comes and says, Oh, you don't really have to follow that in your life. And then you just go off to your week and you leave what, what, what the word was, that was sown in your heart and you decide to not appropriate it in your life and Satan did his work. Yeah. He did his work. Amen. Luke eight twelve. Those by the way, said are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. It's not just that he wants to ruin your life. He wants to keep you from going to heaven. That's right. He wants you to join him in hell for eternal damnation. That's what he wants. So he'll do whatever he can and it starts in the word because the word is what leads us to Christ The 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 word is what leads us to righteousness. The word is what guides our life And so whenever the word goes forth Satan will come immediately to try to keep you from following the word so that you won't have victory That's his purpose to get you to not believe in the word of God that you would not be saved Some of you right now even as i'm as i'm reciting the bible to you are being attacked by satan to not believe what the word says He comes that quick. He hates saved people. He hates worship of God. He hates love and forgiveness and service and sacrifice. He hates all those things. And 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, we should not be ignorant of his plans and devices. We should not be ignorant of them. I heard somebody say one time, well, you know, Satan never attacks me. He knows that, you know, he can't handle me. And I'm like, Be concerned yeah. if you feel like Satan never attacks you. Maybe it's because you're not a threat. The playing for the other team. <laughs> See, because I, I know that the people that I know that follow God and follow the Bible, that they come under constant attack because Satan knows that, that they're a threat. Yeah. He's got to stop them. He's got to discourage them. He's got to break them so that they won't do the things of God in, in, in their life. How do you combat them? How do you fight them? We're, we're going to get into it in this word. Now, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of God. And we've got sermons on that. You can check them online. But but I want to stay in the text. I want to see what the text tells us. Because in this text, we see David actually telling us by his life how we can combat uh, the immediate attacks of Satan when we're going through these battles. Uh, the first one is this. That learn the voice of the Lord learn the voice of the Lord. When you know the voice of the Lord, he will guide you and direct you for that, which you're supposed to do. And the Lord said to David, go up for, I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And, and it's interesting. when We look through the life of David. We see that he constantly is going before God, asking for direction, asking him, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I go? Or should I not go? Because he knew that if I move forward into this battle without God on my my side I'm not going to win because I don't have what it takes to fight this battle. I need God on my side to be able to do it. So he begins the process with talking to God and asking for God's permission and direction. But he also knows what the voice of the Lord sounds like so that he can respond to it. Friend, Rarely will God talk to you in an audible voice. Um, I, I'm not, I, I have not never heard God speak to me in an audible voice. I know a few people that have heard it. Me, I haven't heard it. I, it would probably break me if I ever did. Um, God usually speaks to you through your mind and your heart and specifically through his word. Yeah. Yeah. What gave David the strength to withstand the attacks of the devil was that he was dependent on God and he knew what his voice sounded like. He won when he sought God, and we see this throughout the Bible. People that search after God win, people that don't lose. Psalm 32, 8, 9, David said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way in which you should go. He's doing a reflective voice here where God is speaking to him. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near to you. Notice, the disobedient will not hear from God. (laughs) The disobedient will not hear from God. What David was saying in that Psalm was that there are people that will respond to the voice of the Lord, but some people have to be like a mule where they're directed by a bit. And if you don't know what that is, a bit goes into the mouth of an animal and then you can lead a stubborn animal into the direction of which you want to go. And David's saying, you know what? Don't make me be that type of follower of God. Don't, don't have to put something in my mouth to direct me. Let, let me just follow your word the way that it is is so that I don't have to be known as a stubborn person which have no understanding which must be harnessed with bit and bridle yes. Stubbornness stops the hearing the voice of the Lord yes. One of the great things about following the life of David is that we see a man who heard and talked with God and the Psalms declare it. Read the Psalms. At the top of them, you see all the ones that are from David and you can see the kind of life that he had walking with God. Friend, I do not believe this to be an exceptional experience. I believe that anybody that follows the Lord is submitted and committed to him can hear the voice of the Lord in their life. There's not not some special provision for pastors or uh, other people. The special provision for people that are fully submitted to God will read his word and respond to when he speaks. Amen. And then you'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah 3:3, call to me and I will answer to you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. But if you are not fully submitted to God, you will struggle to discern his voice. Yeah. You'll struggle. And many of you are saying, man, I, I, God never speaks to me possibly because you're walking in disobedience. Yeah. What does it mean to you? Do you know the voice of the Lord? Do you know what it sounds like? Because God's voice is very distinct. I know what God's voice sounds like because I've been walking with him for decades. I know when it's God, I know when it's me, and I know when it's uh, Satan. I know what it is, man. It's kind of like your mom's voice, right? Everybody knows their mom's voice. Do you guys remember when we were kids and we used to play outside? You guys didn't play outside? (laughs) Some of the kids are like there's an outdoors <laughs> yes go outside get cold yes. you know you would been playing outside and you'd and and my mom's voice is like matthew come in for dinner right do you guys remember your mom used to yell at you like that too right you know what mom's voice sounded like it wasn't somebody else's mom you like oh not my mom i got to still play <laughs> And then if you didn't respond to that first one when you knew it was her voice, it was a different tone. You knew the second mom told come home. I got to go, guys. Run home. Parents, yeah, you know the problem? Some of your kids don't know your voice because all you do is text them. Time to come home. Take away their phones. Put them out in the streetlights. Let them hear you yell and scream. Come home. You never hear that in the neighborhood anymore, man. I called him on his cell phone. (laughs) See, the problem is many people think they know the voice of the Lord. But if the only time you hear his voice is to get validation on your pre-planned decisions, I would question if it's him or not. Because many people say, oh, man, I hear the voice of the Lord. Interestingly enough, it's always to validate what I wanted to do in the first place. And it's usually to get me to, you know, validate my sin or or, or make some decision that's going to serve me that requires no sacrifice or struggle in my life. But God was as clear as a bell, man. I heard him very clearly. There's reasons why people don't hear the voice of the Lord. Number one, if you are not a Christian, do not expect for God to speak to you. He may, but 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 if you're here this morning, you're not a Christian, you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. God is speaking to you prophetically through me, telling you to repent of your sins and come to him. Yes. And He that, that is all he is speaking to you. Because all the other stuff doesn't matter until you've turned away from your sins, been forgiven, and are fully submitted to God. Yes. And, and so if you're not submitted to God and you're not a Christian, you're like, oh, I don't believe in God and I talk to him and he won't talk to me. That's because all he is saying to you is repent, turn away from your sins. And once you do that and you satisfy the wrath of God in your life, then all of a sudden you're like, man, I can't even sleep. God keeps talking to me. Isaiah 30 verse 21, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, that's God's promise that if you're one of his children, he will speak to you. Number two, if you are a Christian, if you are disobedient to what God has already clearly spoken to you, do not expect that he will say more things to you. There are things, child of God, there are things that you know that you need to stop doing that you continue to do. There are things that you need to start doing that you refuse to start. There are people you need to stop hanging out with. Changes in your life that you need to make. And God has told you repeatedly, change this, do this, and you're disobedient to it. And then there's this other area of your life, like, oh God, will you speak to me about this area? And God's like, why? I, I speak to you and you do nothing with it. i made it clear in my word. I spoke through about people with a prophetic word. The pastor preaches on it and you choose to be disobedient to it, why am I going to tell you anything else? Because you're not going to respond to that anyway. What what parent would continue to speak to their children about stuff when they've been disobedient in a small area? You do it at home. I'm not going to talk to you until you do this. Well, what about this? Empty the dishwasher and then we'll talk. But, 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 no buts. Dishwasher, I can't hear you. Number three, reason why you don't hear from God, you haven't received the Holy Spirit. There's a longer, longer sermon. Uh, Now, uh, find it online. There's a long sermon. We're saved by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the seal of the Holy Spirit, but there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that is subsequent to the salvation experience. We see it in the book of Acts. And that, that secondary baptism experience gives the indwelling spirit of God baptizing you, filling you in a spiritual power, a spiritually powerful way so that you can discern the voice of the Lord so much stronger than, than, than just like a mere man. John 16, 13, Jesus promised it. He said, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. This is why you get people that will get like prophetic giftings or words of knowledge, or, or when I'm praying and I'm asking the Lord and I'm saying, God, what do you want me to preach on this Sunday? And he's like, preach this. And I'm like, okay. And then someone comes up to me after service, like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed. And I didn't need to do this. Now that's changed the direction of my life. I'm like, all right, well, I thought this, thing was garbage before I started but it must be the voice of the Lord I mean I don't think you guys understand most Saturday nights I look at my notes and I'm like whew better show up Lord because I look at it and I think it's complete trash like I'm never like oh I'm going to get him with this I'm always like man this is not good and then God shows up and speaks directly to his people because he wants to speak to his people through a broken worthless vessel like myself thirdly Do not be discouraged by repeated attacks. Do not be discouraged by repeated attacks. Pay attention here, folks. And this is, this is the story. Verse 20, and David defeated them there. <laughs> and then, verse 22, and he went up once again. Like, it's very fast that it happens. It says he defeated them, and then he had to go back up again. He had to go back up and fight them again. And this is the the crux of this message. David fought a lot of battles, not just with the Philistines, but with many enemies of the uh, enemies of the nation of Israel. It was continual and it was relentless, but David never lost heart. He never lost heart. Just because he had to repeatedly go through things, he'd be like, man, the Philistines again. Haven't we done this already? God, why won't you do something about these? I I already fought them once. (laughs) Not doing it again. I heard a sermon on victory, and this doesn't sound like victory, so I ain't fighting him again. You must not be God if I have to go through this battle a second time. No, he says, Psalm 144, 1, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Psalm uh, 56 two, my enemies would hound me all day for there are many who fight against me almost high He wasn't discouraged. He would not give up He wasn't discouraged because he knew he was called and that god needed him to rule and reign over israel Amen. He could just give up and be like, well, I know i'm king I know i've seen you win through me throughout my whole entire life, but this is the end i'm, I'm done fighting No, he said, Psalm 1829, for by you, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. He had belief in knowing that God could do it through him. Amen? What does it mean to you? Are you easily discouraged? Do do you have it set in your mind why I should never have to struggle? Folks, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Like This is Life. Life is a struggle. We're, we're broken people, living in a broken world that isn't perfect, and so we are going to continually struggle the rest of our lives. Right. but people are always surprised that like, they get to this point in their life like, I figured like it would like I wouldn't have to struggle with this at this point, but it's just not life that's just not how it is. Right. Have you not noticed that every time you try to save money as soon as you get that little pile that something breaks? Yeah. anybody else ever noticed that. Yeah. Yeah dude, save 500 bucks because you're going to need it for that refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? It just happens. People get it in their minds and they just think, well, why do I have to struggle? It's like when I talk to people who are supervisors at their work, like, man, these employees, they won't do what they're told. Yeah. That's why you're a supervisor because they won't do what they're told. (laughs) People are working in the medical field. How come all these sick people keep coming into my office? When's this going to stop? That's your job. Someone's in a service occupation. You know, every time I go, this stuff is broken. If it didn't break, you wouldn't have a job. No No matter what job you have, it's predicated on a constant flow of things that need to be fixed or changed. Don't get so upset about it. That's why people get, why is there always traffic in the morning? Because everybody else is going to the same job that you're going to. Complaining, why I got to do this? Because if you didn't have to do this, you wouldn't be doing anything. It's just not what the Bible says at all. Even the righteous struggle and the committed hurt. David, Jesus, Paul, Peter, the 12. They all struggled plus more in the Bible. None of us gets out unscathed. None of us. Work, relationships, money, health—it's always a struggle. I'm, I'm, I'm getting long in the tooth here, folks. I'm 44 years old now. Okay, very old. I'm telling you, man, the 40s are a struggle. It's just different. It's different when you get in your 40s. You. I I have a bunch of injuries from when I was in the military that continue to become exacerbated as I get older Um, My feet hurt all the time. My knees hurt my back hurt my shoulders hurt I have I have bruxism, which means I grind my teeth. So I have jaw pain Um, I have a back problem. I'm riddled with problems. if you guys came and saw me before I go to bed at night I've got braces. I put on my feet for my (laughs) I haven't even got to the whole thing and Mike's already lost it. Thanks, Mike I put two braces on my feet. I've got carpal tunnel, so I put two braces on my hand. I put in my mouth guard for my grinding. I put in earplugs so that I can't hear anything. And then I have to sometimes put a mask on because of the thing. I'm laying in bed like this. I look like a robot or something. And I said to Crystal, I said, honey, if this is what the 40s are like, I don't want to get to 50s or 60s. And some of y'all that are in your 50s and 60s are just like, wait till you get to my age. Yeah. Olita said, wait till you get to the 80s. Now how to get through it? How do we get through struggles? We got to welcome it. We got to welcome it. What a a blessing that we share in the fellowship of Christ. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Friend, you don't have a rough life. You don't at all. My feet hurt, whatever. My shoulders hurt, whatever. It, it pales in comparison to being nailed to a cross. I'm not getting flayed. I'm not getting boiled. I'm not being beheaded. I'm not getting quartered. There's people that are dying for their faith and we're frustrated because oh, I suffer from occasional lower back pain. Take some ibuprofen, man. Jeez. Praise God that I get to experience some sort of suffering so that I can realize what it was like to truly suffer. Secondly, find it pleasurable because it will show God's power in your life. 2 Corinthians 12, 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What a pleasure it is to suffer. Amen. Thank you, God. say, How are you doing, man? I'm just, I'm suffering for Jesus. Excited about it. Three, you got to know that God can grow you in it. Romans 5, 3. And not only that, but we glory in tribulations. We glory in them. We get excited knowing that tribulation uh, produces perseverance. You will never experience perseverance if you didn't have to go through a struggle. Right. And people that have gone through a lot and then they go through something, they're like, this is nothing. Yeah. Man, I've been through some stuff. We'll, we'll get over this. We can get. You can get new tires. You can get a new windshield. You can get new clothes. You like whatever. Like, it just doesn't matter. You'll be fine. Fourthly, you've got to expect supernatural manifestations. You've got to experience super. You've got to expect supernatural manifestations. Verse twenty four. It says. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out to strike the camp of the Philistines. Now, this is a really cool part of this story. Now, don't get it twisted, friend. This is not the wind, okay? Because people will always try to make the Bible say things that, they're not, that it doesn't say. It's like the, the miracle of the loaves and fishes. People are like, the miracle was people shared their loaves and their fishes. That was not the miracle. <laughs> Okay? People aren't that giving like the miracle was that jesus multiplied it. That was the miracle In this story. The story is not the win The story is is that david went up before god and said man. I, I already fought him once now I need a supernatural manifestation for you to show me what I need to do so that I can beat them once again Because what I used last time didn't work or excuse me what I used last time did work But now they're going to know what i'm going to do and so I need something else and god says okay Supernaturally, this is what I want you to look for i'm going to make it sound as though they're are angels marching on top of the mulberry trees and so when you hear that that's going to be the sign to you to attack don't attack until you see that don't attack until you go through that had he not had this sign he may have advanced at the correct time or the incorrect time and it may have failed now friend you have you have got to live in this mindset that we serve a supernatural god Like, the, the, we, don't, we don't merely just worship words on a page. Like, that's not how this is. We serve a supernatural God that does supernatural things, things that, that, that make uh, no worldly sense or no human sense. And it's interesting because as a pastor of a church that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues and prophecy and words of knowledge, uh, healings, I believe in all of those things. And, and people say, well, you know, you had me until you started talking about that speaking in tongues thing. I'm like, Really? You were made from dirt. Do you believe that? Do you believe the world was flooded? Do you believe that all the miracles that Moses did were real? Think, that, think the Nile turned into blood? Would you be the same person? Like, Well, you know, the Nile didn't really turn into blood. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. God talked to Moses through a burning bush. The plagues, the fire and the smoke on Sinai. God, God gave Moses 10 commandments on a tablet. And you don't believe that someone can speak in tongues? But God from heaven can write his finger on a piece of stone and give him to Moses to walk down from the mountain? Fire from God to consume murmurs? Chorus swallowed into the earth? Moses struck a rock and it brought forth water. Uh, Balaam's donkey spoke. Right. The waters of the Jordan were divided for Joshua. They, uh, a whole city's walls fell because they sang songs and walked around it and the walls fell inward. Jericho do you guys remember this story these aren't just simple stories we tell in Sunday school So kids will be like wow some of y'all need to serve in the ministry downstairs so you can learn these stories once again They they trust God when you tell them these things Y'all too worldly in your thinking like well, I don't see how those walls would fall Elijah prayed for no rain for three years. He was fed by ravens He raised the dead fire came from heaven, with the prophets of Baal Jesus he performed signs he, he he turned water into wine and healings and fish catching and casting out demons and feeding the 5,000 and a coin in a fish's mouth he Raised himself from the dead your whole entire belief in Christ is a belief that a man raised himself from the dead Amen. Amen. Paul went and he walked places and people were healed by his shadow they put it in his apron on people and they'd be healed. People healed of leprosy. Jesus walking on water. Peter walking on water. We serve a supernatural God that does supernatural things. And I believe it's still for today. I, I, don't, I don't think that the miracles have ceased at all. What does it mean to you if you are walking with God? Expect that God can move supernaturally in your life. And again, many of you would say, well, God never done anything like that for me in my life. And it's not like every, every day I walk up, walk out of my house and the heavens split and the voice of the Lord falls and manna falls. It's not like that. But I tell you, when you're serving God, there's little just Just little things that happen in your life where God shows up just to like supernaturally do stuff in your life that are a huge encouragement. And again, I've preached on it before. Don't follow signs, follow God. But you follow God, you read his word, you live according to his word. Signs and wonders will come around and we don't follow signs and wonders. We follow the producer of signs and wonders. We don't seek after them, We don't demand them. But when they show up, we're like, well, I'll take some of that. That seems Fantastic. I mean, over 20 times in the Bible, it talks about signs and wonders. It talks about it in the Old Testament. It talks about it in the New Testament. And people say, well, I know what a sign is, but what's a wonder? A wonder is like, man, I wonder what happened right there. Because like, like it just, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I, I've experienced signs and wonders in my own life many times. I mean, a couple years ago and, and, and I was going through something struggle and I was down here at the altar praying and, and asking the Lord and, and just crying out to God. And, you know, when the pastor comes down and prays, everybody thinks that he needs a bunch of encouragement and, and, and sometimes I just want to be with God, man. I feel closer to him when I bow the knee. And so I'm there and dude, someone's like pushing on my back. Like, you know, how people that really want to pray, so like, and they're like pushing on your back. I'm like, get off me, bro! Like, come on! I'm just trying to trying to push into God here, and you're pushing on me. I told you I had a back problem. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there and I'm praying, and I, and, I'm, and I look over my shoulder, and I'm like, dude, man, there's nobody there. Right? <sighs> Who's touching my back? Because <laughs> you like, it's not like I'm like pushing on my back, and I'm like, Lord, is that you? And maybe he just wanted me to know that I was uh, I wasn't alone, and that he loved me, and that he had yeah. Yeah. he was with me. Yeah. say, how come he never done that to me? I'm like, I don't know. He never done it before me on that day. Whatever. <laughs> he didn't talk to you the way he's going to talk to you. He's going to do things in my life the way that Matt's going to listen. Yeah. These aren't for your glory; they're for God's glory. It's not to make you special. You yeah. ain't that special. God is special. Yeah. Let me show you what it says in Acts 4, 29 through 30. Now look, now Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus The, the, the whole purpose of signs and wonders is for people to submit to god To, to fully follow him if you come in and you get some dance and a jingle and you run out and You still live in your sin. You got nothing You just pimped you just pimped out god and, and got his gifts and then went out and lived a certain way But you live totally and completely submitted to god And then all of a sudden you just serve him faithfully and every once in a while he just shows up like man That was good Man, that was good. That's why I encourage you guys to do this fast, man. You get the food out of your body and you get broken before God. And all of a sudden, that second day, you'll cry out to him. <laughs> Third day, you're like, whatever you want for me, Jesus. <laughs> <you> do it. <laughs> lastly, you've got to act quickly with God's help. Then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines, and so David did so as the Lord commanded him. Folks, this this whole thing is not about our strength, our power, our will. It's all about His strength, His power, His will. But when God speaks and you hear His voice and He says to do something, interesting enough, God always seems to move with with the obedient. God says, "Move quickly." David's like, "I'm moving quickly," and God's like, "Let's go. We're going to go do this together. We're going to accomplish this thing together. Let's do it together." Sometimes you see God move before you and you have to move and you can't wait, but sometimes God is waiting for you to move and then he'll move with you. Friends, you're going to struggle through these repeated attacks in your life. Go with God and you'll be fine. Amen? Amen. 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 Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? If you're not a Christian this morning, you'd like to become one, we want to give you an opportunity to do so. It's really quite easy. Either you are a Christian or you are not. Either you've given your heart to Jesus or you have not. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never said, I want to be a Christian, I don't want to live for myself anymore, I want to live for Jesus, I want to walk away from my sin, I want to be forgiven. This isn't superstition, this isn't a one-time act where you say like, all right, I did that once, I'm going to go back to my life. A life change, a direction change, no longer living for yourself. If you've never made that decision before and you'd like to do it for the very first time, We want to pray with you this morning. Would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me, I want to give my life to Jesus? Is there anybody that needs to do that for the very first time? Now maybe you've been far from God. You knew the truth, you walked with him, but you've walked away. And again, I always say, man, not a bad weekend, but like months, years. Like, man, I'm I'm worse off than I was before I got saved. I don't know how to come back. Turn around. Come back to Jesus. He's standing right behind you. Fall into his arms. If you'd like to rededicate your life to Jesus today, you can raise your hand right now and we'll pray for you as well. Is there anybody that needs to do that this morning? Father, this life is a struggle. <laughs> and God, we pray that as we go through these repeated battles, these repeated attacks, that we will not forget to listen to you, to follow you, to be obedient to you, for your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up. Uh, remember Wednesday is the first 24 hour water fast. And then also if you have kids downstairs to go get them before you begin to fellowship. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we love you Lord. We just thank you for this time and this word that came forth. Father, and please let it get down deep in our hearts. Amen. Thank you for watching the Faith and Victory live stream. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please check us out online at faithinvictory.com. We're also on Facebook.